So number one thing is awareness. Most people aren't even aware what they're doing is survival state. They're going, oh, this is my normal self. But no, it's survival state behavior. Uh, we know this is true because there's research that shows by the time you're about 35 years old, 90 to 95% of your brain becomes subconscious. What does that mean? It's on autopilot. It does things without you telling it to. Uh, a great example, easy example is think about all the habits we have, right? You're not sitting there when you go up and down the stairs going, I need to put my left foot out, right? Your brain already knows how to do it. So it just does it without you thinking. But what we don't consider is a lot of our own thoughts, our beliefs, our perspectives. It's happening without thinking in our brain because of experiences we've had in our life. That is Dr. Eugene Choi. He is a certified transformational mindset expert that helps talented, heart-driven leaders operate at their highest levels of clarity, energy, and focus. With a background in clinical pharmacy, neuroscience, and business coaching, his unique science-backed process, along with the use of groundbreaking technology, helps entrepreneurs figure out how to dramatically improve performance, innovate dynamic solutions, and achieve their goals. His articles have reached over 9 million people, and he has helped hundreds of leaders significantly transform their results at both a professional and personal level. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how do you overcome the gap between where you are now and where God is calling you to be? Also, how to shut down more our survival state of mind, but activate the executive state of mind where God wants us to be. And that's where we can grow from face to face, glory to glory. Dr. Choi also shared that why science deeper his face. Dr. Choi also shared a lot of everyday examples to show us to diagnose ourselves where we are right at the moment and what can we do about it. Well, guys, I don't know about you. You know, I always say the deeper self-awareness you're willing to accept, the faster we'll grow. And this episode is precisely for you, that you know that I'm saying this all the time. And why Power One Framework is so different is also because God told me until my children really willing to work inwardly, it's very difficult they can have the breakthrough outwardly. Are you excited? I hope so. Now, let's check with Eugene. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Kelly Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Eugene. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, you know, uh, actually, I should say Dr. Choi or Dr. Eugene. Um, you can just call me Eugene. <laughs> 
Well, in the introduction, I already shared with the audience how awesome you are. But we always like to hear from you know expert that yourself that kind of share with us a little bit about your journey. How did you arrive today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so long story short, because I've had quite a bit of transitions in my life. Uh, you know, I was the typical Asian kid living in kind of like lower middle class out in Queens in New York City and grew up uh, by the time I had to go to college. You know, that's when you have to figure out what to do with your life, right? When you're 18 years old. So, you know, my parents were talking a lot about how in the Korean newspaper, the pharmacists are making a lot of money and all that kind of stuff, uh, which turned out to be untrue. Uh, some things turned out to be untrue by the time I graduated, meaning there wasn't enough jobs to go around because so many people were applying to become pharmacists and there was not enough um, jobs available for pharmacists by the time I graduated. So anyway, um, I did that whole thing, right? Like any other good Asian kid, like I didn't want to be a doctor. So I chose the next best thing, which is pharmacists, made good money for a few years, uh, became really unhappy and realizing that, hey, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, I was making great money because there came a point, right? I had the nice sports car. I had the nice brand new apartment. I had the nice six-figure salary with the stable job. And I had the relationship. I got married. And then some things just really felt missing. So what I did was I quit. After three years of working, I asked my wife, what do you think about going on a cross-country road trip for two months uh, to explore some filmmaking opportunities that I had because I was getting into filmmaking and moved to L.A.? So I moved to LA and quickly realized after about a year or two that I didn't like the act of filmmaking. What I, cause it's a lot of work. So even though we got a lot of success in terms of our work being seen, you know, there was a project that I worked on that got 23 million views. It took me seven months to edit the video, basically back and forth, back and forth, right? Editing, changing things, redoing things. So I realized, well, hold on. What is it that I like? I was just like, oh, I like storytelling. Because if you watch a movie, right, even as adults, we like to sit in a dark room and watch a movie. Because what it's really about is it's about this main character that undergoes this amazing transformation. They really, really want something. They, they go through the challenge and they get transformed as a result. So that's when I started looking into, wait, hold on. How do you make this happen in real life? How do you create transformation in real life? So that's when I started really going deep into studying this. And over the next few years, I discovered neuroscience. And once I, learned my healthcare background finally became useful again, right? After quitting healthcare, uh, I got to finally understand how the brain works, how it operates. And once you understand that, that's when everything made sense to me, both at a mental level, right? Like your brain performance level, and even at a spiritual level. So that's kind of what blew me away is it started taking my faith a lot deeper as well. Well, I mean, if we just listen to that, it's like a movie from our eyes, right? From a, from a pharmacist all the way to, to what a transition, right? Yeah. Uh, to filmmaking and then to now, you know, uh, where you are now. So what, why you say that, you know, uh, the more science, uh, especially, br uh, brain science that you get to, um, know and get to understand the deep that deeper in your face why yes. would you say that so i'll give a brief explanation in terms of what i train so now what i do is i 
train leaders, right, executives on how to apply this to basically increase their performance, right? They perform at a much better level. They're feeling a lot better. Uh, they're getting a lot of their energy back, focus back, and clarity back, right? And they're understanding the skills that you can do this at will. So how I do that was the big thing I learned and was that your brain is only in one of two states. It's one or the other. Okay. It's what I call either a survival state or an executive state. The thing to know is the executive state is where all of your superpowers are, like your critical thinking skills, your problem solving skills, right? Your ability to solve problems. So whether it's in business or in your own life, your empathy comes from here, your ability to connect with someone and put yourself in their shoes. It all comes from this executive state. It's a specific part of your brain called the prefrontal fort. Sorry, the prefrontal cortex right behind your forehead, mm -hmm. right? Without going into too much terminology. But it's behind your forehead, and that's the part of your brain that does all the amazing things. And there's this part of the other brain called the amygdala, and this is what activates your survival state. So what is your survival state? Your survival state turns on when fear kicks in. So imagine you're in front of a tiger, and it's about to eat you. You're going to be in a state where you're now not thinking. You're reacting. Does that make sense? Right? Yes. You're going to react because if you start thinking, you're going to die the tiger is going to eat you. So this state is only meant for when your life is in actual danger, like you're about to die right now. That's the only time you need the survival state. But what I found through research is on average, we're in the survival state for about 70% of our adult life. So we're in this state where you literally cannot think. You can't think. You're just reacting without thinking. So if you ever experience this feeling of why does it feel like time is going by so fast and every day feels like I'm a robot, it's because your body and your mind is just reacting every day over and over and over again. But the question is, wait, hold on. If your life's not in actual danger, why does this part of the brain keep turning on? It's because of emotional survival. We survive from emotions that we don't like feeling, right? So think about how often you might feel stressed. Think about how often you might feel anxious. Think about how often you might feel unhappy or frustrated or angry. And all of that stuff turns off this part of your brain in your executive state that has all of the amazing capabilities. And it turns on this survival state where you're now reacting with them. Is that making sense so far? Mm -hmm. So the thing to know, this was my big aha moment was, wait, hold on. How does survival state work when we're surviving from emotions that we don't like? In a life-threatening scenario, it's very straightforward, right? If you've ever heard from class, it's called the fight, flight, freeze response, right? So this is what we do without thinking. We just react to try to protect ourselves. So what, if you're in front of a tiger, what does fight look like? You pick up a weapon and you try to fight. What does flight look like? You run for your life. That's flight. And freeze is playing dead, right? Opossums are famous for playing dead because their predators like to eat food that's alive. So if it's dead, they won't eat it. So that's why possums play dead. And then the threat goes away. So we're doing this all the time. Fight, flight, freeze. How are we doing it? When it's emotional survival, it's the same principle. It just looks a little different. So for example, fight response, what does fight response look like when you're surviving from an emotion you don't like? So imagine someone says something hurtful to you and now you get defensive and you're getting angry. That's a fight response. And now you're having a conversation that's an attack and defend conversation where you're not really listening to each other. And we all know how that ends, right? When we're in argument, everyone's been in arguments. So the thing is, think about it. You do that without thinking, don't you? You mm -hmm. react and get angry and start yelling and fighting and yelling and fighting. And we 
the brain is no longer thinking at that point because you're in that fight reaction, right? What's another example? Uh, if you get cut off on the road and you get road rage, and now that person's trying to cut the other person back off, right? You're reacting without thinking because you're angry. Where fight gets even more dangerous is where most people don't even realize that they're in a fight response where their brain's no longer thinking, cutting them off from the best part of their brain. Are people who grew up in some form or another, believing something about themselves that's not true, such as I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, right? We grow up, whether it's because of parents, whether it's because of culture, you know, I grew up Asian. My, fortunately, my parents weren't like that, but you know, you hear a lot of stories of other parents like tiger moms, right? Telling their kids all the time, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough. So how do you feel? You feel like you're a person that's not good enough. So what do we do? We fight to be good enough. We work too hard to the point of burnout. We don't pay attention to the things that really matter to us because we're so busy fighting, fighting, fighting. And I'll give you an example. One example of a client that I worked with, he was in his 60s and we're doing this work together. I was teaching him about the fight, flight, freeze response. And he has this moment of awareness. He goes, oh my goodness. No wonder I've been still unhappy struggling with this for my whole life. My whole life I was fighting because everyone always compared me to my older brother who happened to be a professional football player, right? He was a big name. So everyone's always comparing him to him. So he never felt good enough. So he's always fighting to be good enough. What does that look like? I need to get more money. I need to get more status. And he spent his whole life fighting for that. And after he gets it, doesn't feel happy still. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Some people spend their whole lives fighting and it always, always leads to burnout and a lack of fulfillment. And that's where perfectionism comes into, right? Perfectionism is a fight response. Okay, so why then eat deeper in your face? I think that you haven't answered yet, though. Yes. So once you become aware of all these reactive things, right? So procrastination is a flight response, right? For example, right? And then another thing of the flight response is that you numb yourself, right? People distract themselves. They numb the pain, right? So they do that without thinking. Some people like to overindulge in alcohol, sex, drugs, addictions. Some people like to binge watch television. And then you have the freeze response, which is where you just stop taking action because you're afraid, right? Some people who get overwhelmed, they stop. So how did this deepen my faith? I'm looking at the fight, flight, freeze response, and it's finally connecting the dots where I'm like, oh my goodness, we're doing all these things without thinking. And when we do these reactive things, when we're in the survival state, we're actually disconnecting from God. How does this work? When your survival state is on, so remember about 70% of our adult life we're in survival state, reactively without thinking. And there's a lot of reasons for this, which we can go into. But when that part of the brain is on, remember your executive state is off. It's like a light switch. One is on, the other is off. So if your executive state is off because survival state is on, one of the functions of your executive state is empathy. Does that make sense? The ability to connect with someone, place yourself in their shoes. And that's when I realized, oh my God, like this happens all the time. And I remember this happened all the time. And when I grew up in the Christian church, how many times did I go to God asking God, fix this, fix that? It's a transactional conversation. It's a, when I'm in survival state, who's the focus on? It's on me. Think about it. If your brain and body thinks it's about to die, it's not a time to be empathetic. If a tiger's in front of you about to eat, you're not sitting there going, oh, I wonder how this tiger's day was. Is he eating okay? Is he doing? You're not thinking thoughts like that. You're thinking thoughts about me, 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 me. 
And if we're in the survival state for 70% of our adult life, no wonder, no wonder. Like when I go to God praying, God, fix this in my life, I'm in my survival state. It's all about me, right? Do this for me, do that for me, do this for me, do that for me. And no wonder I complain why I don't feel connected to God. It's because literally the part of my brain that can do empathy is shut off. So as I learned this, it started bringing me through this journey of, wait, how do you develop that skill to turn this part of your brain on? That not only can help improve your performance as an individual and feel a lot better, have less anxiety, less frustration, less stress, but also be able to experience what it feels like to be connected to God because I'm no longer so focused on myself in survival state because of my fear, because of my anxiety, because of my frustration. So I know now the listeners out there or later on they watch a YouTube, they probably they're now try to connecting the dots in their own life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what came to mind right now for the biblical principle, it's, you know, uh, in the Bible say that, you know, God did not give us a fear, but love, power, and sound mind. And that's where, for me, that part is the executive state that you mentioned. Correct. Um, of course, you know, on the flip side, you know, uh, I think if we read in the Bible, you know, when, you know, God said King David is a man after his own heart. Yes. And inside the Bible that we saw that King David, he wasn't afraid to, you know, throw out all his emotional trash. Uh, even when he talked, he, he was talking to God, right? Yeah. He, he literally just said, well, nurse, you are not saving me right now. You know, he had those moments. Yes. And, Yet, but he, when he's happy, he also, he can dance like a, you know, crazy person. Even his wife thought that it's no dignity as a king dance yes. that way. Cause he's and, dancing until his pants come down, right? <laughs> no, he, 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 exactly that, that for me, it's, um, because he did not care what other people think. Mm-hmm. He has that, he has a beautiful confidence of based on, his relationship with God. Right. And I think, uh, I'm curious to ask, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people now is, is there are two big questions now. It's okay. That makes sense. Uh, it sounds practical. So how do I then turn off my survival mode a whole lot more? So then that my executive mode can be more active. Yep. Um, and what does, this is maybe my personal question, but now I feel the spirit, spirit is leading this. It's what then does prayer, for example, right? For me, prayer is a two-way communication between us and God. Uh, a lot of us is we, we go to the prayer closet or just even throughout the day. Um, we are talking to God, but we're not listening, you know? Right. And then while we ask God, say, uh, pray for breakthrough or something like that. He's not, he is not answering. It's just we're not listening. And I think right. that moment could, because just like you say, we are in the survival mode. So exactly we are not listening. Right. So now circle back. The question is, how can we turn off the survival state and turn yes. more, turn on more in the executive state? And what does the prayer play a role in this miss of this? Yeah. And can I just say real quick? As a side comment, what you just said right there is so important is that when we're in survival mode, we're not listening. 
the perfect example I like to give is, you know, you have kids, right? You know, when they're little babies, because I have little babies now, you know, if they're melting down, they're crying. Are they going to listen to you about the lesson you're trying to teach them going, should you have hit your brother? How do you think your brother felt when you hit him? They're not listening because their brain is literally in a survival state because they're feeling stressed. So it's the same thing. If we live our life in survival state and we're trying to pray to God in a survival state, it's like we're the ones that are melting down. Does that make sense? We're the ones that are crying and not listening to God just because of that's how the brain works. So how do you get out of the survival state? That's the most important question. The first, first, first thing is awareness, right? If you have a piece of broccoli stuck in your teeth, for example, do you have the power to remove it right now? You don't until you become aware of it. Someone has to point it out to you and say, hey, you got broccoli in your teeth. Or you look at the mirror and go, oh, shoot, I have some broccoli in my teeth. And now you have the power to take it out. So number one thing is awareness. Most people aren't even aware what they're doing is survival state. They're going, oh, this is my normal self. But no, it's survival state behavior. Uh, we know this is true because there's research that shows by the time you're about 35 years old, 90 to 95% of your brain becomes subconscious. What does that mean? It's on autopilot. It does things without you telling it to. Uh, a great example, easy example is think about all the habits we have, right? You're not sitting there when you go up and down the stairs going, I need to put my left foot out, right? Your brain already knows how to do it. So it just does it without you thinking. But what we don't consider is a lot of our own thoughts, our beliefs, our perspectives. It's happening without thinking in our brain because of experiences we've had in our life. Right? If we grew up with parents that were abusive, we might have a belief in our brain that the world is not safe. And then our brain feeds that. It looks for information to create that reality. So, and then how do you survive from it? Fight, flight, freeze, right? Some people just work too hard. Some people are procrastinating or numbing themselves all the time, developing addictions, or they just freeze. They just don't do anything, hoping that this will get rid of the pain that they've been experiencing. So what I always, always trace down to is whenever I hear someone's story, I can see all of the programming, all of the fight, flight, freeze responses that are happening. And without any judgment, we just explore and just bring it to your awareness, right? Just like that client I mentioned earlier who realized, oh my gosh, my whole life was a fight response. It's like, yeah, what if you never needed to fight? Because the truth is God always had your back, right? The moment you actually realize that just emotionally, not, in, not just intellectually, there's a difference between knowing it and feeling it, right? It has to be both. So that's kind of number one is just awareness. So what I always tell people to do is the way to know if you're in a survival state, the cheat sheet is if it doesn't feel good. If you don't feel good, it's going to turn, it's going to react. If you're feeling frustrated, angry, sad, think about that. Your brain's going to try to survive from that feeling because brain goes, I don't like this feeling. I don't like this feeling. And then boom, now you're going to react. What are you going to do? You're going to distract yourself. Or you're going to keep yourself busy with work, right? Or you're just going to stop. You're just not going to do anything. So the more you become aware of that is the first key. That's when people have this experience going, oh my God, I thought this was something I was doing just as a conscious decision. But now that I'm looking at it, you're right. I'm reacting to blank. Right. I'm reacting to my perspective about what I believe about myself. I'm reacting to this thing that someone said to me a long time ago that I believe. Does that make sense? Yes. But Eugene, let me ask your question on the fly. Yeah. What, what then is the difference between 
you know, because in the entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial journey, we have a lot of moments. It's we know it's a time to grow to another level, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to step out our comfort zone. Yes. And when we then start the new thing and we like, we, we probably at that moment, we don't feel good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right at that moment, right? For example, that somebody say, uh, oh, you need to uh, build email list. For somebody never build email list, but we say, okay, now you need to build an email list. And that person maybe just they say about feeling good or not. That moment, if that person say, well, I don't feel good about this. I don't like this. Yeah. But actually that is not because of what I, I'm trying to ask is, is not because of that task is not right thing to do, but it's because he's stepping out of the comfort zone, he's doing not a new thing. Mm-hmm. So he or she doesn't feel good, good, quote unquote good, yeah. comfortable. So how do you take, you know, how do you tell the difference between is a survival mode not feeling not good or it's now I'm stretching out my comfort zone. I don't feel good. Stretching out of your comfort zone will turn on survival mode. So there's nothing wrong with survival mode in terms of feeling it. Like, mm. I'm not here to say don't feel your feelings, right? It's so important to feel your feelings. It's, it's about developing the skills on how do you, how you respond to the feelings. Cause think about that. You're, Cause now you're speaking my language. This is how I help entrepreneurs get over that, right? Is when you're saying you got to build your email list in terms of business strategy, we know that's a core important thing to do in your business. If you want to grow it online. Mm-hmm. for example, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say build your email list and I'm sitting there going, I don't feel good about this. I'm not, the thing I'm attaching meaning to isn't email marketing. The thing that I am afraid of is many different things, right? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what people will think of me. I'm afraid mm-hmm. I will do this wrong. I'm afraid I'm not capable of doing this because deep down, I don't really believe in myself. It's all of this inner talk, these inner beliefs that they're carrying that they are reacting to. I don't want to look embarrassed. So fight, flight, freeze. Some people just do too much research, right? They go into quote unquote research mode right. Right? Right. rather than doing the thing that's going to help you. That's their fighting response, reacting without thinking, or they avoid it. They procrastinate. They go, I'm going to do this next week because mm-hmm. I'm afraid if I do this now, what if I get embarrassed? That's the feeling I'm trying to survive from. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or they just stay in inaction. I just freeze because I'm overwhelmed. Like I can't think right now. This is too much. And I'm just going to stop. So when we face that situation, yes. how do we, let's say we're aware of it? Because after listening to this podcast episode, after next time, <laughs> when, they, when they figure that, you know, the similar situation happened, they say, okay, now I know that it's, that it's called, you know, that it's called, I'm turning on my survival mode and I shouldn't. So how do I then walk out there? And then try to turn on the exciting mode. Right. So in, so you're, you're bringing up a great point. So there's two ways to do this. Number one is the short term strategies, like when it's happening and you become aware because the awareness is the most number one step, right? Mm-hmm. I'm aware I'm going into survival state or I'm in the survival. The moment you're aware, now you can make a choice. You're not mm-hmm. reacting without thinking, right? Your body's not just doing it without you telling it to. Mm-hmm. So there's the short term strategy and then there's the long term strategy. Short term strategy are basic things like, Number one is like labeling your emotions. So what do I mean by this? It's you just say, I'm feeling anxious right now. 
I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. Because stepping out of your comfort zone will trigger survival state. It's because of our ancestors. When we were yeah. cavemen, you go into an unknown area out of your comfort zone, right? Sometimes you get killed by a wild animal. So the brain just naturally doesn't like uncertainty. But as entrepreneurs, you're stepping into uncertainty every day, right? Uh, which turns out the truth is the uncertainty is where all the magic happens, by the way, because that's where God exists. Anyway, but um, when the short-term thing is to label your emotions, because research showed, uh, I'll, show, I'll give you an example. They had people in a, a group, they had brain scans tied to their brain, and they had these pictures of people with survival emotions on it, right? Mm -hmm. Anger, fear, anxiety. And as soon as they show you the picture, they look at the brain, what's happening? The amygdala, the survival state immediately turns on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then the researcher asked the participant, hey, can you tell me what emotion you're seeing here? And they go, oh, that's easy. That's anger. That's fear. As soon as they name the emotion, survival brain turned off and executive state turned on. Why does this happen? To label an emotion, doesn't it require you to think? When you're in survival state, you can't think. Mm. So this is why in coaching, it's powerful to ask questions because when you're asking questions to your client, they're thinking now instead of you telling them the information, right? So when you label your emotion, simple as I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling anxious, you're literally calling on your executive brain to turn on. So in the moment, this is just a good habit to have. I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling happy right now. I'm feeling unhappy. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling frustrated. When you're doing that, if you had a brain scan to your head, your executive state is activating. Mm. So that's a short term, one short term thing that I recommend. And then the second short term I recommend is breathing. So your body also has a survival state and an executive state, just like your brain does, right? Think about when you're in front of a tiger, aren't things happening in your body? Your heart's beating faster. You're breathing faster. You try to get as much oxygen. Your blood's going away from your digestive system and into your muscles so that you can try to protect yourself from the threat by running away or fighting, which by the way, people who are stressed all the time and trigger survival state, that's why they have digestive issues because mm -hmm. your body thinks it's about to die. So it's going, let's take the blood away from the digestive system because we don't need to be eating right now when the body thinks it's about to die. It's also why a lot of people who want to become pregnant don't become pregnant if they're stressed a lot because the reproductive system is not as active when you're in a survival state, right? Because if you're about to die in front of a tiger, is it time to be making babies? No. So it turns off that part of your body in a sense. So anyway, what you do is you take deep breaths. So there's two ways I recommend it. One is uh, box breathing, which is you inhale for five seconds, one, two, three, four, five, hold it for five seconds, and then exhale slow for five. The second way I recommend breathing is, you know, you do an inhale and then you take another deep inhale and then slow breath out as slow as you can. They actually did uh, scans with this when they're doing that type of breathing and you watch the body relax because you need your body to be relaxed because when mm. you're in a survival state, your body is wasting a lot of energy is trying to protect you from something that it thinks is going to kill you. But when it's emotional survival, it's not going to kill you, right? So it's wasting a lot of energy. So when you take deep breaths, you activate the nerves at the bottom of your lungs. There's these nerves called the parasympathetic nerves that turn on your executive state. It just gets your body to relax so that your brain's executive state, right? This is why leaders, great leaders are able to stay calm, mm. even though all this craziness, chaos might be happening around them. And then they're able to access their critical thinking, their problem solving skills, their creativity, their intuition, their empathy, to receive guidance from God, right? That's how that works. Is that starting to make sense? So that's the short term in terms yeah, of how to get out. And when you are talking about labeling, right? That moment that you emotion, uh, right away I wrote down um there's two things pop up. Uh I often say that 
enemy, the devil, he couldn't change our destiny. But he trying very, very hard to detour the, the path we are on, right? And one of the thing is, uh, I think that one of the greatest um, ability that God given to human, between human and animal, is we can think. So, but therefore you look, uh, all the different kind of, uh, 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 uh the devices, like, so, such as social media, such as entertainment, uh, music, all different kind of thing is to just like you say, if he can find a way to numb you or, you know, kind of get you to numb yourself, then you will gradually lose the, you know, the ability to think because thinking, requires a lot of work. But if I always talk, talk to my kids, my kids now are 19, 22 years old. They being grown up in the digital age, right? They grown up already. There's, uh, you know, the iPhone, the iPad things, right? But the interesting thing is, I don't remember who said that, um, say that, uh, basically, uh, Steve Jobs from Apple, he did not give iPad to his own children to use because he knew how powerful if you are not careful what that can that device can own you mm-hmm. because that we if we basically for me it totally uh take away the opportunity to build the, the muscle of attention span for example you know, longer term attention stem. So, you know, kind of prevent us to do the, the cap, the capacity to do the deep work. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, then of course, then we will kind of switch on the survival mode all the time because we are whole lot more time in the reactive mode than in the yes. proactive mode. Cause we, we did not plan. We did not get to think deeper and plan deeper and all that stuff. Um, I want to try to guide you guys back to a biblical principle. I think you guys will really uh, appreciate what Eugene teaching here. When he said labeling, right? Those things, when, whenever, whenever, how you feel. Right away, the Holy Spirit remind us, say, say this. You see, there's a phrase saying, every knee shall bow, every name shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. The moment you can put a name on that thing, whatever that thing is, that name shall bow. It's a spiritual principle with science working out together. Yes. The moment you expose out that thing, right? If everything hidden inside of you, that's where the darkness have a power to hold you back. Yeah. But the moment if you say out loud, say, yeah, I don't feel right now. So, and then you recognize why you did not feel right. You did not feel good that moment. That's it. Again, that email marketing. Okay, guys, we are not against email marketing. Just, you know, right. It just, I don't know why that I just came to me. Um, so, and that is why that is why that, um, if you can label that thing is both what it is, then that name shall bow. You know, that is a spiritual, uh, principle. So Eugene, can you then show? teach us then what is the long-term strategy then? Yes. So the long-term strategy, because, you know, one of the things I said earlier is that 95% of your brain becomes subconscious after you're 35. So the long-term work is starting to really see, whoa, why am I thinking certain thoughts without me telling myself to think it on a daily basis, right? 
you know, we think 70,000 thoughts a day, 90 to 95% of those thoughts, same thoughts every day. Majority of those thoughts is a negative thought about yourself. So what state does that put you in, right? When you're having a negative thought about yourself and you don't feel good. So the deeper work here is to understand how to actually start rewiring the parts of your brain that keep automatically, without you telling it to, keeps you in survival mode. And that's this journey of really of self-awareness and finding what's actually true. It's this journey where God turns your world upside down because what you might have thought was true, you finally not just know it, but you feel it, that it's true. Like, that's why I'm really inspired by your story, Kelly. A person who's gone through what you've gone through, you could spend your life believing that the world is a horrible place where God doesn't exist. But you made a decision at some point in your life to say, no, that's not true. And I finally found the truth. Because that's the name of the game here, right? Jesus says, truth will set you free. That was the whole thing that deepened my faith. It's all about finding out what's actually true. I'll give a powerful example. I had this issue of getting really upset with my daughter when she, you know, she's still a toddler, but when she was a little younger than now, I would get upset. I would react very angrily when she's not listening to me and I would shout and try to control her. And as I started learning the science, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. If I'm not feeling, if I'm feeling anger, she's not the one causing me anger. I'm causing me the anger based on a trigger that I have in my brain. Why am I getting so triggered? And I, I'm exploring, I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm like, oh my God, I realized the truth, right? This is all about the truth. I'm really sensitive about being a bad father because I had a very rough relationship with my father. And I got a lot of, I harbored a lot of anger, resentment towards my father. And that programming is in my brain because I remember promising to myself, I'm never going to be like my dad. And that's a selfish motivation, right? Not a empathetic motivation is because I'm angry. So what's my brain doing? Whenever my daughter's not listening to me, my brain is going, whoa, 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 you're going to be a bad dad, just like your dad. You got to do something about this right now. So fight, flight, freeze response. I'm fighting now. I'm yelling. I'm screaming. I'm trying to control her. And all I'm doing to her is I'm scaring her, aren't I? She's not benefiting from me getting angry at her because all I'm doing is reacting to my own fear in that moment. And that was the moment of truth. I'm just like, oh my God, it has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with me. I'm trying to protect myself from becoming a bad father, my fear of becoming a bad father like my dad. So when you have experiences like this, that's just one of many experiences people have when they start discovering truth about themselves. You have the power to change the programming. You can make a choice. So that's what I do with people is I spend time with them. I get to know their story. We explore together, what is your programming in your brain? And what do you want to change here? And that's the long-term solution because once you change it, if you had a brain scan to your head, you would actually watch networks rewire in your brain. It's no longer a problem. You become less angry. You become less anxious. And then now you're in your executive state because you're not focused on your own anxiety or your fears as much anymore, right? Perfect love casts out all fear. That's the whole statement right? That Jesus talks about in the Bible. This is kind of where it got really deep. Like it, could, it we can go really deep with this on how, how deep it goes with faith. Yeah. I, I don't think that we need, yeah. I mean, the three days is not enough. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's kind of what works is once you start realizing what your programming actually is, it's about discovering what's actually true. Because the world you might live in right now might feel really true because of survival state. And that's what your brain does based on what you think is true. Your brain only focuses on what information to support that decision, right? This is why we have biases. Even though we might see something that totally proves us wrong, we go, no, 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 that's not true. So it all starts with number one, awareness and the willingness to maybe think just maybe what I believe might be real, like the world is a crappy place or no one loves me or I'm not good enough. Maybe it's not true. And it's the willingness to explore why it's not true so that God can show you what I And then that's the moment that scientifically too, your body, your brain changes. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, this is so awesome. I love how you said that, you know, if that, uh, um, you know, they can see your brain, if you, I guess it's something like, I don't know, CT scan or something that you can see, you know, the wiring, uh, the new wiring happening. And that it's, again, you know, in the Bible say it's renewing our mind daily, right. Yes. right? Um, and I just think this is super cool. It's really just science can show us kind of just confirmation, right? And, and I think that, you know, just like a lot of uh, scientists out there, they found new things. Uh, they find new things every day in the galaxy, you know, <laughs> but God already like created that so long ago. And we humans just try to catch up. Um, and I just so appreciate this conversation, Eugene. And, you know, again, guys, you can, today's really the purpose of this episode. It's one to even just prove to you that, what says inside the Bible is real <laughs> and you have a, a lot of science big up of it. And, um, but I think as Christian entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders, we all have those moments of we know where we are now and we know where we, want, we guys are calling, calling us to be. And there's a gap, right? And just like Eugene say, right? There's a gap, but unfortunately, a lot of time we just react in our survival mode. Correct. And that's where today I want to kind of bring the high level understanding. And, and uh, we surely will put Eugene's uh, awesome information, everything in the show notes. Uh, Eugene, can you just kind of to wrap it up this, this yes. episode? Um, would you say, um, the most important relationship in the world? Is a relationship with ourselves. 100%. You know, I think you brought up a really important point. The only, so number one is the only reason why we feel unclear about ourselves being where we, where God wants us to be. Are we living out our calling? Are we living out our purpose? Is because of this survival state. Oh, yeah. Let me reframe that. Sorry. I think I should say the most important relationship we know is a given is between us and God, right? Yes. Because obviously, we even don't know enough ourselves yes. sometimes. Uh, but then after that is really that we need to work on ourselves. So our relationship, our if we relationship don't work on self. ourselves, if we don't work on ourselves, it disconnects from our us yeah. God exactly. because of survival state. Right. So think about this for a second. If that gap between you and your purpose, you and where God has in store for you, the plans that God has in store for you is the survival. Think about why the only reason we're in survival state is because of ourselves, our own fears we carry, our own, you know, limiting beliefs that we carry about ourselves. And 
people spend their whole lives struggling with this because if you don't understand how survival state works, you keep looking in the wrong places for the answers. Here's what I mean by this. Imagine you're in the dark woods and you hear a really scary growl from an animal somewhere and you can't see the animal. Think about where your focus goes. Does it go outside of yourself or inside of yourself? You're not sitting there meditating and praying, right? You're, you're going, oh my God, what's happening out here? And you're looking everywhere around you. When you're in an emotion that doesn't feel good, your brain is still behaving the same way. It's focused on things outside of you, not inside of you. So how do people live their life? I must be unhappy because of my relationship. I'm going to go try changing the, they change things outside of them, right? I'm going to go change the relationship. Maybe I'll finally be happy. Still not happy. I'm going to, I'm going to get more money. Maybe I need more money. I'm going to get more money. Everything money can buy. Still not happy. I'm going to change my career. Maybe it's my career that's causing my unhappiness. But the only reason you're ever feeling unhappy is because of the things happening inside of you, because of the experiences you carry, the memories that you have. And we never tend to focus on the inside. So the moment you start developing this relationship with yourself to understand what's happening inside of you, that's what frees you. Because once you see truth, boom, you're free. You can finally turn on executive state and connect with God. So the moment you start looking inwards, right? You know, Warren Buffett said the most important investment you can ever make is the investment in yourself. Is understanding all of these feelings, all of these struggles is because of something that's going on inside of us. And for example, Imagine a seven-year-old version of yourself that got hurt because parents treated you a certain way. Do you know why you're feeling that emotion? It's because that seven-year-old person is asking for your help right now because saying, I'm hurting. Can you help me? But when we go into survival state, it's like you're turning your back on yourself. I'm too busy for you. I got work to do. I got to fight here to make myself feel better. Or I'm going to numb myself. Nope, I'm going to go out for a drink. Don't care about you right now. Talk to you later. And you view yourself as a burden. Do you see what I'm saying? And the more we do that to ourselves, the more pain we're putting ourselves through because that seven-year-old version is just sitting there in so much pain asking for help. So the moment we're able to treat ourselves better, invest in ourselves, take a look at ourselves and really start to understand this is the thing that's preventing us from connecting with God, right? So Jesus said that anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, right? He says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. That's an interesting statement to say, to lose your life. You know what that means? Like when I did the science, I'm finally understanding something deeper that he's talking about here is when we learn the ability to lose ourselves, then we can fully connect with the purpose that God has for us because we're not tied down by our anxieties. We're not tied down by our fear, right? You know, God, Jesus said, who is my mother? When people are coming and asking when he was 12, right? He understood that God goes beyond what humans are restricted by, right? So what are humans restricted by? Time, right? We're always racing against the clock in time. Our environment, right? Our environment can restrict us. We can't choose the parents that we have. And we're restricted by our physical bodies, but God is not restricted by those things. So what Jesus has understood was that if you really want to enter into your purpose, you have to learn the skill of losing yourself. So what does that mean? You ever hear the phrase, you lose yourself in the music, right? Mm -hmm. You're just so into it. Or you ever have this moment in your life, you just feel so amazing because you just lose track of yourself, right? And a lot of business people call it a flow state. But what happens when you're in a flow state where you're just so into the thing? 
you're so connected. You're actually connected with God too. You lose track of time, you lose track of your environment, and you lose track of your body, don't you? Right? So it allows you when you are not tied down by your anxiety, not tied down by your fear, you're able to connect in your executive state with something so much greater than yourself that you just become drawn to it like a moth gets drawn to a flame. And now you're in this place where, oh my God, you're finally able to see what's true. God has always had your back. God has always been working for your greatest growth. And he's been with you all along. And that's kind of what changed everything for me. It's finally not just knowing it, but feeling the truth. That's the difference. Because there's a lot of experiences where you just know something, but you don't feel like it, right? I know I should eat healthier, but I don't feel like it. So I'm going to eat a burger. It has to be both. <laughs> you have to feel it and you have to know it. Exactly. Okay. As, a, as we say, we can stay here another three days and we won't finish your conversation yeah. uh, because this thing is really deep and rich. Uh, I hope that you guys found this episode uh, um, valuable for me personally. Yes. Uh, that's why I'm so grateful that uh, Eugene uh, came on the show. And just guys, just remember renewing your mind and it's yeah it's not a from today to tomorrow thing right it's just like your habit or how the way you think is not is not because you just think that way for two days right therefore you also have to need work and time to build up the, some new wiring as eugene say so eugene can you tell us verbally uh where people can find you and connect with you. I mean, we surely will put all the links in the show notes for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you can just check out my website. I have a free training that you can sign up for there that goes a little bit deeper into this. It's www.destinyhacks.co. Okay, we'll surely put that in the show notes. So if you, you guys are listening to this or watching this when you are driving or working out, don't worry, just go to the show notes so you can find that link. Eugene, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show today and adding so much value to us. I don't know. I feel my face also deepen to another level. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm glad. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Did you take a lot of note that I did? I hope so. So for all the links and goodies of Dr. Eugene Choi, we put in the show note. And just go to kellyballer.com forward slash podcast. Then you'll be able to see this episode. Can I also remind you that if you are one of those leaders, you know it's time for you to take really serious about what God has called you to do. Then I would like to invite you to attend the free masterclass where I share four cornerstones to build your profitable and impactful personal brand-based business. Please go to powerofoneframework.com forward slash masterclass. Again, that link is powerofoneframework.com forward slash masterclass. I will see you in the next episode. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment? Just drop a review on Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. 
and you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com. 